0: Welcome back. I know you've heard a lot of talk about the economic boom that the country is experiencing right now, and and the job uh, job rates are through the roof in terms of people being employed. Unemployment is in the toilet, which is great. That's and we're all excited, and those are the the things that we tout along the campaign trails going on around the country right now. And most of us have seen our bank accounts affected by certain. Um, Uh, policies put in place by this president, uh, tax cuts galore, uh, regulations being cut back, uh, and people are starting to see that. But there is a group of individuals who I think are left out of the conversation, and I happen to live with one of them, and... Uh, several of my other friends are contending with this with their kids, and I say kids affectionately, young adults at the moment, who are uh, armed and weaponized with very expensive college degrees who cannot find a job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it is pervasive. And there's Ernest. Yeah. Yeah. That's me that's Ernest. So mm-hmm. yes, I'm Frank, she's Ernest, and we're gonna get earnest about this conversation today because I think it matters in a number of ways. my I like to I like to address subjects from the standpoint of like comprehensiveness. So it, someone not having a job is one thing. How you handle talent now we call it talent. you know, there's so many different words that we I didn't even have whenever I was looking for a job at your age. It was just like you're an applicant. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about you being talented. It was just like you're looking. You're hoping to be a future employee of this company. Yeah. Okay. All of that has changed. We've changed this verbiage to be very um, friendly, coddling in a way, uh, encouraging, uplifting. You know, we're a very word centric society, and I complain constantly that corporate America has become the great babysitter of our lives. It's also become a daycare for all intents and purposes. It's the place where we go to find family and friends. And everybody gets along And we all hold hands And sing Ya." And if you have problems Then you take it To your HR department And dump it there Because we forget That HR really Is not on our side They're on the side Of the corporation Yeah they're... they're on the side Of liability And not having any Correct Okay Something a term that came up with a girlfriend of mine who's a, a very prominent attorney here in the city of Atlanta. We were having lunch the other day, and I was describing your woes of going through the job search process since you've graduated and in and, and respectively, I encouraged you to take a gap year from college to workforce because yeah. I felt like you had earned it and Which you needed it.
1: I didn't. I mean, I took two months to travel and then came home and started working in a restaurant, so yeah, but you weren't. I didn't want you forced into
0: a profession. No, so, and I mean
1: I I wasn't, and I you know I came home and ended up having family responsibilities and took a job in a restaurant, and so that was I guess a gap year from like the workforce, but you know it wasn't a gap year in terms of working.
0: Okay, but so now yeah, I didn't say you're gonna come home and sit on your butt. I said you come home and not have to be stressed about having a career at the moment, and I wasn't going to encourage you to go after your master's because you are like the quintessential student. You're very good having parameters around you with learning and all of that you've always been the consummate uh, professional student. So it but I didn't I wanted you to take some time off from doing all of that. So your experience with the job search has been, slightly harrowing. Uh, Probably nothing uh, that other people have not gone through, but there are some of your friends who graduated from tech. They've gone on to specific government jobs because that was their industry. To a certain extent. I mean,
1: I also know people who are nuclear engineers and they couldn't find a job either in their respective fields. Right. They had to go to a different form of engineering. So, I mean, even if you're coming out of college, you know, unfortunately with a
0: very prestigious degree In engineering You're still not able To find a job Okay so what has been Your experience And what are some Of the roadblocks You've been hitting up against That you feel like Could really yeah, Inform and, and otherwise You know Very arrogant is kind of how I see the playing field of, of corporate America these days. There's so much talent out there to choose from. It's almost like a dating app. You have uh, you have so many choices and people flying their 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 resumes to you, you know, by the thousands every day. It's all day. about nepotism.
1: It's all about who you know,
0: genuinely. If you don't know someone that works at the company that you're applying to, good luck. Okay, but I've even pointed you in a direction... Of people that I know Who were very encouraging You went through the interview process Mm -hmm. And then they ghosted you And the the words of my girlfriend yesterday The attorney, she was like She put it so brilliantly She's like, oh, so I'm listening to you And this sounds, you know, like this ridiculous People are professionally ghosting people For those of you who aren't familiar with that term You've probably never dated a narcissist (laughs) Or you're not in the dating field right now But people who ghost you Legit just disappear They vanish Mm -hmm. They draw you in And then they vanish Then they're gone Right And you're like Yeah they just They're eviscerated They're just gone Mm -hmm. And um, But they'll still probably Check your Instagram stories Every now and again and the professionals do that too. So that's my other question is how much do you think that your online profile, because you've had to go through there and clean some things up, but how much of that do you think is weighing? Go back to when you first graduated, you you applied to jobs before you ever graduated mm-hmm. and just kind of some of your experiences and how it did become deflating. And it has, in fact, affected your attitude about the job search.
1: Um, I mean, for me... You know, I don't go into anything with expectations. I don't feel like I'm an entitled person. So if I'm just applying to a job, um, you know, via LinkedIn or online, you know, I don't necessarily always expect some form of communication from them. I do genuinely appreciate the companies that even if it's a couple months later, they will take the time to go through all of their applicants and respond to each one, um, you know, who did not get the position. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect that. However, if I have gone through multiple interview rounds, right, and right. then all of a sudden there's radio silence on your end, yeah, that's that's bull. That's I mean, ghosting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's it's unprofessional. It's unprofessional. It's abusive. Um, it's rude. That's a powerful word. Ghosting is emotional abuse, one hundred percent.
0: Okay. Now you are. I want you to stop right there, because this is where I want executives to pay attention and people hiring. And I really think you're going to be able to make a really beautiful vat of lemonade out of these lemons very soon, actually, um, through what you've been going through with all of this. But abusive. So go back to that because you are a neuroscience minor. Mm -hmm. And you've also had your own personal experience with people who are emotionally and psychologically into warfaring with others, Mm -hmm. um, otherwise known as abuse. And so what... What do you mean by that professionally and how can professionals not engage in that level of, of deviant behavior?
1: All ghosting is emotional abuse. Like it is. If you have gotten to a point of relationship with someone um, where you have spent in-person time with them yeah. and then you decide, all right, that's it. And you give no explanation. You yeah. give nothing. It's like you just jumped off a cliff into the abyss of the universe. That is
0: emotional abuse. And after three interviews, they know you know mm-hmm. damn near everything about you that they're going to need to know to make a decision.
1: They had five minutes to send an email. They didn't even have to call me. They had five minutes. So they had two minutes, honestly, that it would take to send an email of you know thank you for your time, but we have gone With in a different candidate. direction. Yeah, right. Okay. And that's
0: fine. What would that have done for you versus what their ghosting has done? Well,
1: I mean, it's this whole fakeness culture of, you know, I felt great in the interview. Everyone made me feel very comfortable in the interview. And then I'm the one hunting them down for, okay, what is going on? Right. Because I was also across the country um, in the midst of a pretty intense breakup. So I had to make decisions and that those decisions were predicated upon whether or not I had a job. So either I was staying in California with the job or I was going to have to find a new path. Right. So that also delayed my decision-making time.
0: Okay. So we live in a culture where we tout, you know, we have companies like Google and Spanx and others who are very Gen Z, millennial friendly. They make every, the bean bags. You can have little baby cots where y'all can take naps and suck your thumbs. And so they make everyone think that they're on team spirit of employers, of employees rather. But it's, so you're saying... That's not really the case. It's all business. That's what it is, which I don't. So they've made a business model out of playing on your generation's emotions of what you're lacking.
1: They made a mission statement, not a business model. There's a difference. Their business model is the same as business models have always been. It's about money. It's about production. It's about efficiency. I'm fine with that. That's it. Their mission statement is not aligned with that. Their mission statement is all about, you know, empowerment. It's about, you know, feeling free to take the mental health days and taking the naps and, you know, taking care of your kids. But the business model is the same as it always has been. And that
0: is where the problem is.
1: If you want to be a business, if you want to be a traditional business, more power to you. I don't care. We live in a capitalistic let society. let off of
0: all the other things that are mushy-gushy.
1: Yeah, quits trying to make everyone sing Kumbaya when you know you're about to lay off like 50% of them without severance packages.
0: Or you're not going to hire mm-hmm. people. You bring them in and massage them and make them feel yeah, good. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you have so an employee. so much like dating,
0: I swear.
1: <laughs> if you crazy. have a candidate that you have interviewed even once. You should have enough respect for their time to send them an email. So
0: okay, of I agree with it. that. And I think one way to do that in the world of technology, OK, we can aggregate all kinds of information. We, we, can, we can collate and create little templates of emails for, OK, here are the people that we've interviewed. We're still not sure about them, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to create an email cycle. This is so freaking simple, people. I mean, this is easy. P. I just I'm thinking of this on the fly as have, we're talking. They
1: have robotic emails that they send out. They don't even have to write them. They have templates that they. But can you're telling me,
0: but you're telling me they're not utilizing the, no, utilizing the them. majority
1: of the companies do not.
0: Right. There
1: right. are very few that, uh, you know, consistently even, you know, even if it's months later, they will consistently send, you know, an email.
0: So liability might be another factor, right, Allie? Because we also live in a time where people are very quick to, oh, you didn't hire me because I wore work boots and a plaid shirt and I'm a female and I have really short hair. Or I know you didn't hire me because my skin has more melanin than yours. Or I know. And so people, maybe what they say is, you know what, it's just exactly the same reason we ghost in relationships is because we are... um, we feel like it's just better to just let it die than to give the explanation. It's not always arrogance that pro- that prohibits people from being honest with other I don't other think people. it's
1: ever arrogance. I always think it's oh, fear. Oh, I think
0: sometimes it's definitely arrogance. No. I have so many options and you're whatever. All I-
1: arrogance is is fear. It's a facade. Like arrogance, confidence is one thing. Arrogance is always a facade. It has nothing to do with someone's actual personality trait. A narcissist is just someone who was hurt as a child who adopted a personality of... uh Self-grandio, yeah, right. but they're probably they are the most insecure people on the planet.
0: This is very true.
1: So arrogance is never the excuse. It is always fear. It's always but a it's lack also of respect. it's Supply and
0: demand with jobs. Let's be honest. I mean, it. For me, whenever you've got an over a surplus of 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 applicants and mm-hmm. potential employees, that can uh, lead you to a certain level of arrogance. You're not afraid of losing quote talent and mm-hmm. applicants,
1: which is fair. Again, we're we're circling around in this conversation, but my only point is that, you know, if you have interviewed a prospective employee, take the two seconds, because we all know you have scripted emails, to send them one of those scripted emails saying that you went in a different direction.
0: That's it. I have to wonder, though, I have to wonder how much of that is liability driven, that they feel like the least amount of communication they have with you, Mm -hmm. the better They are. And and that would require some investigation on my part with regard to H.R. employment laws and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and just the whole we've become such a litigious society that we have just screwed ourselves in so many different areas in the in the pursuit of of the nanny state and all things being equal. And listen, I work in an industry That is absolutely ruled and governed by a mentality of your generation calls it the patriarchy.
1: We also call it misogyny.
0: I call it misogyny. Uh, Absolutely. I get it. It Mm -hmm. is what it is. And I've had to become extraordinarily creative. And thank God for a few men in my industry who have open doors for me, who have taught me, who have um, been great mentors to me, who have Mm -hmm. uh, allowed for a a seat at the table in my industry. But
1: this is also on our justice system or injustice system. This isn't just on people. It's it is attorneys. It's judges. It's circuit of appeals. It's the Supreme Court that keep allowing people to make these kinds of litigations like it goes all the way back well, it's our to system. the cake baker you can sue anyone for anything yeah <laughs> you but don't have to have a reason no and that's true well, but you, you don't, know, don't
0: have to have a you have to have a reason but you don't have to have a valid, valid reason, reason.
1: <laughs> but if you keep it's the rule of thumb in all of life you keep rewarding bad behavior yeah you're going to keep getting bad behavior. It's like in restaurants, whenever the worst, rudest, most horrible, contentious people would come in and start slinging around their abuse towards the workers, those were the ones who got the free meals. Because Because
0: the company's afraid of what's going to happen. You know what they're afraid of? Yelp reviews. reviews. Exactly. That's it. They're afraid of a Yelp review because we've allowed things like Yelp and other Mm -hmm. apps to determine our company's worth. Yeah. We
1: reward bad behavior in relationships. We do the exact same thing. Right. Now I want you
0: to talk about what, what are some of the things that you'd like to see changed? What can help? And also start with, though... The psychological and emotional effects that it has on people who are not treated in a humane manner whenever it comes to having already developed the three system, you know, the three pronged approach to uh, interviewing, you've you've bore your soul at interviews, you've tap danced. you've jumped through the hoops, whatever, and there's no communication.
1: It's abandonment. That's what it is. And rejection. And rejection.
0: And there are definitive psychological effects on the brain, biological.
1: There are neurobiological and psychological and physiological repercussions of abandonment and rejection in all forms, whether relationally or in a work environment. Okay. So people going forward are now going to be broken people because of your choice in not respecting them as human beings. Okay, well let me ask you this.
0: Because I this is I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay? I come from the generation or at least I in my life I made choices that the more doors that shut in my face, the harder I would bust my ass to pound that pavement and find the one door that would open. I I it hurt. I I I admitted to myself that wow, that sucks. I didn't get it. I didn't hear from them again, but I'm going to lick my wounds and I'm going to get back up. And I'm going to keep pounding the pavement. Mm-hmm. So, plenty what... of
1: people do that too. Plenty of people still do that. That doesn't mean that you have any less brokenness under the surface. You yeah, may not acknowledge it. Yeah, but once I land it. that
0: other job, I'm, psh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm no longer lamenting over the one that you didn't may accept not me. Be
1: lamenting it. I'm saying it now becomes a triggerable process in your mind with your employers going forward, after that okay. rejection, okay, after fair. that abandonment. It, you are not necessarily, we don't walk around self-aware and conscious of our psychology. And the moments of trauma that have impacted us and now cause us to make cer- certain decisions. Most right. people do not walk around that way. And especially in your generation and in the boomer generation, people didn't think like that. Right? They just were like, yeah, well, you know, I got to survive, so I'm just going to keep pushing. And yeah. that didn't really fare well for them. Okay. It didn't fare well for their marriages. It didn't fare well for them in their relationship with their children. But, you know, they they did it. So on the outside, they were successful. But on the inside, they were still very Broken people. And again, it and now so it has could, created a loop in right. your mind going forward with your employers that can now be triggerable whenever they do not respond. Yeah, I or, was gonna say, let me
0: give you an example. Let me let's give the audience an example of that. Okay. For instance, how many of you listening, if your boss sends you an email and says, Hey, can we meet next week at one o'clock? And your first thought is, Oh crap, what I do? What does that mean? What's coming up? What does he want to talk about?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm because of my past with rejection and abandonment, and just early in life. You're right. And with authority, okay, mm-hmm. because now you've been now you're dealing with authority, someone who has the authority to determine whether or not you're going to have a paycheck and you pay your bills or not. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they you they they ask you uh, send you a simple invitation, some of you and I, myself included have had to go through this terror moment of oh crap was it the tweet i sent mm-hmm. did i say something did i upset someone it are my also, ratings okay
1: it can also but lead other to people a don't shame spiral um, a, a lot of it can lead to a shame spiral when you when when uh not fully satisfactory work has been equated to failure and then equated to shame that is now your consistent spiral as a child if you did something half-assed and, or you didn't do something perfectly, and then that was seen as a failure by your parents, and then they shamed you for that, you now are going to carry that for the rest of your life, and you're going to carry that into your jobs. Well, how do you undo that? You have to become aware. You have to become aware of the fact that I'm not shameful because I failed, and I didn't necessarily fail because I didn't do everything perfectly. Right. You have to work it back, but the problem with going into the shame spiral is it isolates you Yeah. because as soon as you start to feel that constructive criticism or you feel any possible accusations you start hiding in the corner and throwing daggers
0: yeah it kind of goes back to that what is it perfection is the enemy of good
1: yeah it is yeah because you cannot you can't see the the fruit of having someone that cares about you enough to be like your performance has been good, but I know that it can be better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so instead of being able to accept that, you're sitting there just like, you know, biting your nails or you're thinking about applying to other jobs mm-hmm. or you're thinking of outside ways in your life that you're now going to self-sabotage because you can't do it with your job because you need the money. Mm-hmm. So who are you going to go home to? Your boyfriend, your husband. You're going to start a fight. Mm hmm. You're going to go home to your kids and you're going to start a fight. Mm -hmm. And so you have to work it back to the root of you're not shameful and you're not necessarily a failure just because you failed.
0: Yeah. okay. Just because something you did failed. So doesn't this ultimately go back to. I mean, now we've gotten into it, which I wanted to. That's why I asked you to talk about this, because it's personal to you, but also because you do have a very keen understanding and very insightful understanding to emotional things and trauma and how things spiral, especially with, you know, having studied um, neuroscience as a minor in school. And so doesn't it ultimately come down to having a very solid foundation of your and self-awareness of your inherent value as a created human being?
1: It has to come down to your inherent value. It comes down to your worth, but you cannot assign that to yourself as a child. Correct. Your parents' actions are 100% what teaches you what your worth is. Right. Until you get to a point where you realize, all right, they were batshit and they were wrong. Right. And I know the truth. Right. And then you have to start exercising that every day. Regardless of what that what that past is telling you, well,
0: you were raised with inherent worth and value. So, and you've never assigned anything outside of yourself to uh, to your worth or value. But what I've seen happen with you is kind of this spiral of after the ghosting, after the rejection, after people really being excited about the prospect of you being a part of it, and then they legit ghost and they just disappear. I have seen you suffer through that.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone would.
0: But no matter you, what
1: kind of worth you assign to. But that doesn't mean I lay down and die. I'm still applying to 10 jobs a day online. And, have I
0: heard back from them? No. And are you shotgunning it or are you laser focused? I'm
1: very focused. I mean, I have I have varied interests, as many people do. I, I'm not trying to be just a doctor. I don't necessarily have one right. position that's my dream job. Um, but I have... A few positions that I know That I would enjoy I know that I'm good at I have the skill set for and
0: I go for it. Do you think it's possible to have too many Options?
1: Probably I think the human brain isn't created to have Infinite many possibilities for anything
0: So how do you How do you mitigate that because you Personally have a lot of options and you Have a vast skill Set and I know I do too And people are like oh my god I've heard you sing why aren't you doing this And why haven't you done that I'm like those are really good. Those are really good questions. You I can't even answer those choice. questions.
1: You just have to make a choice. I never. My, OK. My goal of being independent is much bigger than my goal of finding my dream job right now.
0: But understanding that your independence is going to come from your ability to your earning potential.
1: Yeah, it's going to come from a job. Your
0: financial freedom. I do to come through.
1: I don't need my dream job right now. I don't care about. Do you even know
0: what your dream job is? No, which is why (laughs) I am
1: no, I don't. Which is why I do have varied interests. Which is why I am varying what I am applying to, because getting into the industry I know will help me figure that out. I mean, you kind of really only learn by doing.
0: My producer just he always reminds me that some people are just cursed with good potential. They're just cursed by good potential mm-hmm. And another thing that someone just said to me Just this morning Actually And I thought this was just so basic But so profound We were talking about someone Who's very dear to me Who is not, who is not recognized Nearly as much as they should be For their professional acumen For their dedication, their loyalty And, uh, and really increasing the bottom line Of, um, of their company and it's very frustrating to me because I see it and I want to shout from the rooftops, you know how valuable this person is to the organization at large, but they're forever left out of the equation, out of the conversation, out of advertising, and um, and it's something that bothers me. And um, and my boyfriend says to me, "Well, I was never." I said, "Have you ever won awards at your job?" And he said, "No." It was never my goal to be the employee of the year. And I was like, wow, think about that. People who who set out to become the employee of the year usually reach the goal at Mm -hmm. some point. Okay. what else? And I don't. Well, hold on. I've never set out to be the 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 greatest singer in the world i've never set out to be you know one thing i have set my mind to is to have a nationally syndicated talk show and i will I will accomplish that. I don't know when, but I will. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps me going. Okay, No matter how many doors shut in my path, I'm literally standing in another one beating on it, going, nope, this is my path. This is where I'm going. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was so profound. That's why I said to you, do you think it's possible for you to have too many options in this shotgun approach of, well, I'm just going to fire and see what it hits?
1: Yeah, but shotgun is that there's no focus. I have focus. What is your focus? I have HR, PR, marketing, social media management focuses. Those are things that I'm good at. They're things that I enjoy. They're things that I have a vast skill set for. Okay. That's what I'm applying for. You're also good at logistics. Yeah, but that's not the jobs I'm I'm applying for right now. Why not? Because I don't want to. That's not my focus right now. These are my focuses And if these focuses don't pan out, then I will shift my focuses to other things that I'm good at. You cannot, you can't have a shotgun approach. You can't have too many options. You get overwhelmed. You have to decide, okay, for these next, you know, unfortunately, sometimes few months of job hunting, this is my focus. These are my focuses. And if that doesn't pan out, then you go to the next set of focuses or the next focus of what it is you're good at, what your skill set is. And you you go on and you go on. I've had friends who've been sitting for 6 months to a year without a job, without a
0: full-time position. Okay, do you what do you blame that on the fact that we have just, you know, erected this golden calf to academia?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are thousands, tens of thousands of trade jobs that right. are completely empty that could literally immediately out of your trade school make you six figures.
0: Well, I know the president's working hard on the technical school aspect mm-hmm. of things. Yeah, technical
1: trade right. colleges have not been promoted for generations. It hasn't just been a generation. It's been like three generations.
0: Yeah. So now so, we have people who don't know how to work on our AC unit. I'm going to tell you now, y'all better go to school for that because I need my AC. People don't know how to be plumbers anymore. You can right? make 150k a year out of
1: plumber school instantly. Right. But that's not what has been raised up. Okay, three, three things
0: that employers need to do and three things that people looking for a job who feel down in the dumps, much like you've been feeling lately about not having a job, what can they do?
1: Well, for employers, I mean, you know, remember you're dealing with human beings. You're not just dealing with empl- potential employers. You're not just dealing with talent. You're dealing with human beings. Uh, if you have taken the time and you have taken someone else's time to mm-hmm. interview them, mm-hmm. then take the two seconds it takes uh for you to send that automated email Mm -hmm. uh saying that you've gone in a different direction right um you know and again just remember that they're human beings i don't really think that there are three things but you know and again with so very
0: simple it's very they're human
1: beings treat the golden rule treat people
0: how you would want to be treated super easy okay and then
1: you know for people who are looking for a job you know get into your focuses, set a time limit for those focuses. Of all right, these are the jobs that I'm applying to. This is the time limit I'm setting um, for these the these specific focuses, and then move on. If you're not hearing back from things, move on. And you know it is easy to get discouraged, but for me, I take time to send out at least five to ten resumes a day. At
0: and this are point. you sending thank you notes for interviews? if i get them is that a thing in the past i mean for, i mean yeah but the in interviews the past, you've gotten I, have you sent a thank you note
1: i have always sent a thank you something i haven't always been able to get an address from people to send a thank you note but i have definitely always followed up with a thank you uh appreciation at least email okay so yep that's what you can do treat people like you want to be treated keep your head up keep applying there's something out there for you and
0: uh, and yeah. don't make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. Mm-hmm. Until next time, I'm Frank. I'm Ernest. We love you. Be good to yourselves and your neighbors.